Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Sung the song. But if we could just for a few moments just tell God that we love him. I know we sung this song. But let him know that you love him. Father, we love you. We honor you in this place. Thank you, God, for first loving us. But beyond a song, God, let it emanate from our hearts that we love you. And all God's people said amen. Good. Let's take up our Bibles. I want to go quickly into the word of the Lord this morning. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Well, I think it was so fitting that Miss Carol led that song this morning. And I understand that the Lord, that we love the Lord, but the song also declares that he first loved us. Very reason that she's standing, that she's breathing, that God has given her another year of life is because God loves her. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for her? It's her birthday, y'all. Somebody say happy birthday. We love you dearly, Miss Carol. So grateful that the Lord would order your steps to be in the life of us. Um, we're blessed because of you. So we thank God being a blessing in your life. Amen. I got something else to say, but I'll save that for after church. Amen. Let's go to Mark chapter 16. I want us to look at two, or rather three verses of, of scripture, verses 16 through 18, Mark chapter 16. As my wife uh, already shared, going to be continuing in our sermon series to them that believe. Tell your neighbor, you got to believe. Yeah, you got to believe. Mark chapter 16. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Verse number 16 says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. Ask your neighbor, do you really believe? Yeah, because if you believe in my name, Jesus said, you'll cast out demons. Somebody say, don't get scared. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. Nobody don't grab no snakes this afternoon. They will drink anything deadly and it will by no means hurt them. Ask your neighbor again, do you really believe? They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Y'all getting scared this morning. And these signs shall follow those who believe. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject, the inheritance to them that believe. I, I, I shared my first Sunday that there's this importance for us that believe. And, and I shared on, on last week um, about the impartation to those that believe. But I want you to know there's an inheritance. Somebody say, I have an inheritance. But it's important to note, I need to say this, that God does not risk his blessings on those who do not believe. 
Did y'all catch what I just said? Because some of y'all want the blessings of God, but he's not going to risk his blessings in the hands of those that do not believe. And somebody might be saying, how do I know? Watch what the Holman Standard Christian version of Luke 8.15 declares. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it. Somebody say believe. And by enduring, bear fruit. So in other words, I don't have the ability to bear fruit nor receive the blessings of God until I believe. Somebody say, I've got to believe. You, we may be wondering, why am I not bearing any fruit? Why am I not receiving the blessings that should be in my life? Somebody say, you got to believe. God will only bless you. Watch this to the degree that you believe. I know y'all may not like that. I know y'all thought we were all equal in this thing, but God will only bless you to the degree that you believe. And somebody say, oh, he going to give you Bible. Yeah, I'm going to give you Bible. Watch this. And I made mention of um, Matthew 13, 58 earlier in this sermon series, but I believe it bears repeating again. Notice what Jesus' response to those at Nazareth. The Bible says he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. In other words, God can only bless me, can only work in my life to the degree that I believe. Somebody say, that's Bible. I hope y'all stand with me because I don't think y'all like this already. And despite what we may, may believe, as it was with the people of Nazareth, so it is with us. God blesses us. Here's a better word. So I don't want anybody to get confused that he entrusts us, watch this, with blessings to the degree that we believe. So, so God says, I can't just give my blessings and inheritance to anybody. I can't entrust stuff with folk that don't believe I can do what I say I can do. So he says, I want to entrust these things in your hands, and all you got to do is believe. And this is why it's critical that we believe, because watch this. Could it be that we failed to receive some blessings from God because we failed to believe? Somebody say, it ain't nobody's fault but yours. It's not the preacher, it's not the pastor, it's not God's disliking you. But could it be that we failed to receive some stuff from God because we failed to believe? God say, I'm waiting to release this into your hand, and all I'm waiting on you to do is believe. In other words, there's an inheritance that is released to those that believe. Watch this. Here's a better word. I, my signature gives me now access um, to what God entrusts in my hand. And I, when, when you have an inheritance, you got to sign for that stuff. So when I sign for what God has laid up for me, I sign it by way of, somebody say believe. Oh, that's good news, y'all, that all I got to do is believe. And watch what the latter portion of Hebrews 11 and 6 declares. Because I still don't think y'all believe me. For he who comes to God, that means with all your crying, with all your pleas, with all your pleading, with all your sanctified self of all of you, the Bible says you must believe that he is and that he is a warrior of those who diligently seek him. Someone say, I got to believe. You can't even come to God. Watch this. God is not pleased to you when you come to him if you do not come believing. I've got to come believing. Don't be crying to God about stuff that you don't believe he can really do. He wants you to come believing. That means there is some fruit from God that will require that we first have faith. Believe, And herein lies one of the sad tragedies for many believers. Many believers fail to receive much of what God wants them to inherit because many believers fail to believe. 
God is saying, and here's how I need you to understand this, because I don't want to make this um, super deep. The Bible says he said this um, concerning Jeremiah, and as it was with Jeremiah, so it is with us, that I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Everything that God wants to do in your life, he already knew it before he formed you in your mother's womb. So he said, Chloe, I've got this plan for your life. And before you even come out of the womb, I've got it laid up for you. So in every journey of the of this walk called life, this is why the Bible says that we go from faith to faith, because when we get to another place of faith, God releases our inheritance. Everything that I need from God is given to me. Somebody say by faith. And somebody say, it's already laid up. Yeah, and God says, I want to release it to you by faith. God has an inheritance reserved, somebody say, for me. But it will first require that you believe. Everything that I need on this journey. You've got to know this, and this will cause your walk to be so different in God. If you know that everything that you need on the journey has already been laid up for you, God is just trying to get you to another place of faith in him. And really, all it really is, is God wants you to know you know him in a different way. Uh, Someone say in a greater level. Yeah, and he's going to release what's been reserved for you. Watch what Hebrews 6 verses 11 through 12 reminds us of. The Bible says, and we desire that each of you, each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope. Someone say believe. Until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience inherit the promises. God says that if you can hold on to your faith with full assurance, somebody say believe. This is how I now inherit, somebody say my promises. I hope that's good news to somebody. Somebody's been struggling about how it's going to come through and God is saying I'm waiting on you to believe. This means this text reveals that our inheritance is not only requires our willingness to believe, but I need y'all to catch this. It also, some of our inheritance has a window for us to believe. Somebody said there's a window. This text reminds us, do not become sluggish to believe. So for much of what the Lord wants us to inherit, it's not enough to simply believe, but we, not, we must not become sluggish. In other words, we need to have an urgency to believe because some of our inheritance have windows. There's some stuff that God says, in this season of your life, I want to release it. But if you don't believe, it's going to be shut up for you. Someone said there's a window. This is why it says, do not become sluggish. That word in the text means, somebody say, slowful. Some of us are slow to believe. God can give you reminders, and you're still slow to believe. God can say, I did this, and I did this in your life, and you're still slow to believe. Somebody say, I don't want a window to shut up on me. When God says, I'll open up the windows of heaven, and watch this, in the natural, windows don't stay open always. So I don't want a window from heaven to be closed on me because I was slow to believe. Uh, somebody say, I've got to believe. Uh, so, so I don't know about anybody else, but I can't afford to lose what God has laid up for me. If I know it's critical for my journey in my life while I'm in the earth, I can't lose what God has laid up for me. So here's the critical questions that we got to ask ourselves. What is our inheritance? What has been reserved by God and only released by God to us when we believe. Those, those are critical questions we got to ask ourselves. 
And I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. In our text, watch this, we find Jesus speaking to his disciples and revealing what they would be blessed with by God when they believe. And as it was with his disciples, so it is with us. We inherit from God when we believe. Yet I think it's critical to note before we examine our text that there's something um, that's a prerequisite. Somebody say prerequisite. Um, to all these other inheritance. Notice what verse 16 of our foundational text declares. Did I put that on the screen? Verse number 16. Watch what it says. He who believes is baptized and will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Here's the first thing that we got to inherit. Someone say my rescue. Your soul has to be rescued before God lays up anything or releases anything for you. Someone say let your soul be rescued. So I'm not talking to anybody else but those that are somebody say saved. And if our soul is first not rescued, then we're not eligible to receive any other inheritance from God. Uh, Someone say, I've got to be saved. And here's why I'm dropping this off this morning before I get into my text. Because I believe the mockery of the devil is that he has the world believing that they can manifest something without their soul being saved. So, so there's this there's this notion around there. everybody talking about they manifesting stuff. But if you're not saved, watch this. If the only place that that inheritance came from, watch this, is Satan. Y'all better get that thing. If y'all using that that word in a worldly context, someone say, get it out your vocabulary. Now you around here, I, I know Ellen Funny and all of that. She talking about manifesting some stuff. Y'all, y'all know Tabitha Brown. If she was on the Ellen show and Tabitha say, no, that was God. I wasn't manifesting nothing. Somebody say, that, that, that was God. Yeah, I know you want to use that word, but that's a mockery of God. Uh, if you manifest anything, watch this. Void of your soul being rescued. It came from Satan. And how do I know? How do I know? Somebody say, I'm going to give you a Bible. Watch what 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Somebody say, get your soul rescued. God ain't going to give you nothing. That's the enemy. And watch this. The unrighteous are those whose soul has not been rescued. Unwilling to believe. So don't expect any inheritance from God until your soul has first been rescued. Ask your neighbor, has your soul been rescued? And I want to drop this off. Here's a word of wisdom. I'm going to get into my text, but all of this is pre- preliminary. If you call yourself saved, watch this. Don't live like your soul has not been rescued. And the trouble with a lot of believers, watch this, is that we call ourselves saved, but we live like our soul has not been rescued. Ooh, someone say the devil is a lie. And watch this, because here this, this is why this is so critical. You can be saved. Watch this, but the how you live can determine if you lose your inheritance. Ooh, y'all don't like that. Someone say it matters how you live. How do I know? Someone say I'm gonna give you Bible. I'm gonna give y'all a whole bunch of Bible today. Watch this. The Bible says, "Do not deceive." Deceive. Someone say, "Don't fool yourself." Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Someone say it matters how you live. I know some nasty, evil, saved folk that, that think they're going to receive some stuff from God and someone say they're losing their inheritance. I know you got a lot of faith, but it matters how you live. We got a lot of believers calling themselves saved. Is your soul been rescued? 
Someone say, don't be deceived. Live like your soul has been rescued or you will lose your inheritance. This is why people in the church got saved folk food thinking if you do a little dance, you will get what God has reserved for you. If you just sow a little seed, you'll get God what God has reserved for you. We know you nasty. You nasty. Somebody say you nasty. God ain't, God ain't pleased with that. I'm sorry. I know what the prophet told you, but God is not pleased. Now let's examine our text because I needed to get that out of the way. Ask your neighbor, has your soul been rescued? That's the first inheritance. Matter of fact, that's the greatest one to me, that my soul has been rescued. All right, let's walk the text because some of y'all were scared about this text. In my name, they will cast out demons. Here's what I'm really trying to say. There is no bondage that we can't break free from when we believe. That's good news, y'all. That means there's no stronghold, no sickness, no spiritual shackles that has us captive that we can't be set free from when we believe. That's good news, y'all. So all I've got to do, somebody say, is believe. Consider the two blind men that Jesus encountered in Matthew 9, 28 through 38. It's on your screens. The Bible says, and when he came into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. He touched their eyes saying, according to your, not according to his touch. Did y'all see that? According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. All I've got to do, somebody say, is believe. And here's what the, the trick of the enemy is. The enemy believes that some of the things that we struggle with will be perpetual. But all you got to do, someone say, is believe. Ooh, that's good news, y'all. I can be set free when I believe. Despite what had them captive, it was their confidence in God that caused them to be delivered. This is why when we believe, we inherit our release. That's good news, y'all, because when we get saved, there's still some stuff that we struggle with. Okay, y'all gonna don't act too deep, y'all. You can get saved, you can cry on this altar and wake up still struggling with some stuff. So I've gotta, this is why I've gotta activate my new now found faith in God to be released from stuff that Satan wanted to help me captive. So, so here's a word of wisdom. One of the tricks of the enemy is to have you believe that what has you trapped will be perpetual. Somebody say always. But the devil is a lie. Because your ability to believe gives you freedom from your bondage. I know we may not like this. I know y'all probably saying, Pastor Keith, you don't know. I've been counseling for this my whole life. But y'all just stay with me. Watch what Galatians 5.1 declares. Stand fast. Somebody say believe. Therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. In other words, God says that your level, your inability to believe will keep you in bondage. Oh, somebody say, it's up to me. It's really up to me. Paul was saying their inability to believe, or in other words, stand fast, will cause you to live in bondage despite the fact that Christ has already paid the price to set you free. Remember I said that he's already done it. Somebody said he's already done it. So he wants to release it to you, but it has to require that I believe. Woo. Listen, and this is, and I think Pastor Cole said it so um, eloquently. He said it when he preached um, a few uh, a time before. He said that we shouldn't think of it as generational curses, but it's generational thinking. 
and will believe that we're living in a curse because my mama did it, my grandma did it. It's just something that's going to follow me. God says, liberate your mind. All I've got to do, somebody say, is believe. I know my mama struggled with it, but not me. God is already, somebody say, set me free. Because if I know that I've been called by God, that, that before the foundations of the world, he set me up to do something, I can't be dibbling and dabbling in that. God says, all I need you to do is believe. Ooh, that's good news, y'all. Ah, so in other words, don't allow the enemy to keep you in bondage to sin. Someone say, just believe. Ah, don't allow the enemy to keep you in bondage to spiritual sickness. Someone say, just believe. And for many of us, don't allow the enemy to keep you in bondage to self-defeat. Somebody say, just believe. I know they don't like you. I know they don't think you're eligible. But God says, all I got to do is believe. This is what our foundational text reminds us, that those who believe in his name will cast out demons. So a sign that we believe is that we will be set free. At some point in my journey, a real litmus test, if I believe God, is that I've been set free from some stuff. The stuff that I used to struggle with, I don't struggle with no more. The stuff that I used to be into that was ungodly, I don't do no more. This is why I can't understand folk that say they saved and then they're still dealing with stuff that they dealt with 20 and 25 years ago. The, the same stuff that you said we've been praying over, that we've been laboring over, really what it reveals is that you don't believe. See, I know we don't like this this morning. We don't inherit our release from everything. Watch this. Here's a word of wisdom because I want to make this clear. I want to make sure I'm doctrinally sound and I need y'all to catch this because I don't want anybody to walk out of here confused. We don't inherit our release from everything that the enemy does, but only what God gives us authority over. That, that's critical to understand because some of y'all are going to say you don't understand Pastor Keith yeah I really do I do understand you only get authority of what God gives you authority over watch this our text begins with in my name and whenever you see that in scripture really what it's saying in the name and the authority of Christ y'all know how we, they done told you to pray in Jesus name when we pray in Jesus name all we're really doing is soliciting God's authority over a thing so we believe for our release to the degree that we've been given some say authority that's critical to understand go to John chapter 8 verse 36 the Bible says so if the son sets you free you will be free indeed so, so, so this ability for me to believe is what God has spoken over my life. Y'all heard what I just said? So that means, because watch this, I need y'all to catch this. Everything ain't spiritual. I'm, I'm, I'm mind, I'm body, and I'm soul. I'm spirit, I'm, I'm soul, and, and I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm body. So in other words, there's some stuff that's natural. Y'all got to stay with me. Some folk deal with mental stuff that's natural. So I've got to be so clear when God says that I've given you authority over that demon called addiction. Then that's when I start walking in my belief. Because God has given me authority. Y'all saying with me? Whom the son, not you because you can decree and declare things over something that God ain't never spoke. And you're wondering why you're still dealing with it because the son has not set you free. 
I, is everybody okay with that? Yeah. Okay, because if y'all got questions, y'all better ask them right now. I know that sounds crazy, but I need us to be all on one accord. What am I trying to say? Don't be trying to cast out spirits, call out sin, or cure sickness that you have first not been given authority over. People have disappointed people in hospitals going in and decreeing or declaring a thing that the son has not set free. I'm so careful when I pray and folk talking about my mama on the sick bed. God, you need to speak because I don't want to say nothing that will disappoint a believer. And we've got this hyper charismatic generation of believers decreeing and declaring a thing and disappointing people in the church. I ain't casting out no spirits if God ain't give me first. Someone say authority. authority. I ain't curing no sickness if God ain't give me. Someone say authority. authority. Folk like to say they got the gift of healing. You ain't got no gift of healing unless God gives you authority. authority. And sometimes God will say lay hands on that one. The only reason I want you to lay hands on that one because I've already spoken it over their life that they're going to be healed. And that's when I speak it because it wasn't me that set them free. Somebody say it was the son. Okay, I hope we caught that because I don't want y'all going out there saying I'm just, I'm just, I got all this kind of authority. No, hold on. Hold on. Someone say let God speak. This means if God hasn't spoken it, if God has spoken it, I believe it and I've inherited the ability to be set free from it. God, I'm going to pray till you speak. You know what I'm dealing with. You know what's going on in my home. You know what's going on with my children. God, I need you to speak so that I might receive authority to believe it. When I believe it, someone say, I inherit it. If you got any questions, ask me after church. If God spoke, you're released from abuse. You're released from addiction. You're released from even that nasty attitude. Then freedom is your inheritance. And this is why it's good news that those that believe inherit their release. Somebody say, listen for God. Yeah, don't be so zealous in your attempt to set the captives free. This is even good for evangelism. Because folk can get so zealous. And they run out there and they wonder why. Well, nobody ain't receiving my word. Maybe God ain't on my life. Did God release you? Somebody say, give you authority. Yeah, now let's continue to walk the text. The Bible says they will speak with new tongues. Ooh, y'all stay with me. It's important to note that there are connections in God that are only available until we put our confidence in God. How do I know? The beginning portion of Psalm 37, 23 declares that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And if we can be honest, we will never allow God to order our steps until we put our trust in him. Someone say, I need God to order my steps. Because some of us won't move even if God tells us if we don't trust him. God, I know you told me to move over there, but listen, all my stuff ain't in order. I don't trust you to keep me over there. Some of us say we won't move. We won't marry who God told us to marry if we don't trust God. God, you don't know about that one right there. Y'all know the prophet that was instructed to marry the prostitute? He had to believe God. God will tell you to marry some folk that ain't got it all together. I'm saying, I told Serena, I don't know what she's looking at in me. Listen, but it had to be God. And for her too, it had to be God. <laughs> and watch this. We won't connect with that ministry that God is leading us to 
if we don't trust them. My friends don't go there. No, they got it all together. And if we don't trust God, watch this, we move ourselves outside the will of God all because we did not trust him. All because we did not trust him. I'm going somewhere. If we, in other words, allow him to order our steps. That means we cancel some of God, some God-ordained relationships because we failed to put our confidence in God. But hear this. The even more critical piece, God can put you in the place and in, in the space of the right person, but it's more than just the connections. Some might say it's also the appropriate communion. Communion will dictate my ability to connect with somebody. Stay with me because I'm going somewhere. Uh, in other words, the ability to walk together and be on one accord. God can ordain Serena for my life, but if I don't know how to talk to her, someone say it won't work. Yeah, it won't work. It's, it's folks that God is calling us to be into in ministry together. There's some business endeavors. But if I don't know how to talk to them, someone say it won't work. So consider our foundational text of, of what we inherit when we believe. They will speak with new tongues. But the tongues in this text, because I know a lot of people take this out of context, has nothing to do with the heavenly language. People like to say that by the evidence of speaking in new tongues. Yeah, but you need to look a little deeper in the text. It refers to a natural language. The Greek word for tongues in this text is the weak, um, Greek for the word glossias. Uh, Y'all know like glossary, which means language and nation distinguished by speech. Look it up in your lexicon. Anybody got a lexicon? You can look it up yourself because I don't want y'all to think that pastor keeps making up anything. Uh, So our text is saying that God gives us the ability to connect, but better yet commune with those that we've never connected or communed with before. When, when at the, in the book of Acts, when the Bible says that they spoke with new tongues, they spoke in languages that they never spoken before. So in other words, God is saying that I'm going to give you language to connect with those that you never connected with before. In other words, God will mend relationships with those that were once broken. Some might say a new tongue. God will make new relationships with those that will help us fulfill our purpose. Some say a new tongue. And God will manage our relationships with those that others thought were impossible. I know you thought I wouldn't be in this space, but God gave me a new tongue. This is why the Bible speaks of having the tongue of the learned. God will give you the ability to navigate in spaces that you've never been in before. Some say I need new tongues. And here's why this is so critical. I said this before, that before the foundations of the world, everything that God wants to do in your life has already been laid up. So there's some connections that God has to make. But somebody say, I got to change the way I talk. He's going to give you, somebody say, new tongues. Ooh, that's good news, y'all. In other words, I inherit relationships. Watch this when I believe. Those that God has ordained for my life. And hear this, so if you find yourselves always in relationships that burden you, that beat you down, and that are just bad for you, you may need to ask yourself, do you believe? Do you trust the God that you serve to order your steps? God says, I'm going to put you and move you into spaces that you've never been before. But I've got to change your tongue. I've got to give you language for those spaces. And many of us, the reason why 
we never even get to the places that we need God to take us is because we don't trust him. Yeah, we don't trust them. It's a level of self-defeat that says I'll never be able to be in that boardroom. It's a level of, of, of self-defeat that said, no, you don't know how bad they treated me. Then I'll never reconcile with that one. And God is trying to do somebody say a new thing. Oh, Lord, help us to believe that you might do a new thing in us. Uh, so watch what Proverbs 17, 17 declares. It reminds us. That a friend loves at all times. Some version says a true friend. And a brother is born for adversity. That means, watch this, God assigns friends in our lives. Some are saying people. To help us endure every season of our lives. And God ordains brothers to help us with the burdens of life. Yet the reality is that you can negate that very friend and that very brother ordained for your life when you do not believe. You miss out on your ordained help when you don't put your hope in God. Understand this, that we go from faith to faith. There's going to be some places in the journey where it's going to cause us, that's going to require our faith to get us there. And there's some connections, there's some relationships, there's some stuff that God wants to do in our life. But someone said, I got to trust him. I know you may not have the degrees. I know you may not have the resume, but trust God to order your steps. And this is why those that believe inherit God-ordained relationships. Oh, I'm almost done, y'all. We inherit our release. We inherit relationships. Notice what verse number 18 says. I'm making this plain, y'all, because I don't need nobody picking up snakes. Watch what verse 18 says. They will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. Your refuge in God will require that you believe in God. Somebody say my safety. My safety. I know y'all may not like this. This means we have refuge from the attacks of the enemy when we believe. Refuge from the assignment of the enemy when we believe. And refuge from the agenda of the enemy when we believe. Watch what Psalm 17, 7 declares. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. And all you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them. This means the ability for the enemy to prosper in the life of a believer is at the place of the believer's inability to not believe. Did y'all catch what I just said? The, The enemy prospers in the life of a believer at the place of the believer's inability to believe. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves when we feel like the plots and the plans of the enemy are prospering in our lives. Have we put our trust in God? I know we like to say that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But if you don't first put your trust in God, somebody say, yes, it will. Yes, it will prosper in your life. And here's how I know. Somebody say, he's going to give you a Bible. Watch what Isaiah 54 verse 17 says. I want to give you the test because we like to quote it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you and judgment shall condemn. This is the inheritance. In other words, so I say inheritance of the servants of the Lord. You can't serve nobody that you don't believe in. You can't be the servant of God if you first do not believe in God. Some of y'all saying, no, no weapon formed against. What do you believe in? The Lord's refuge is our inheritance, but it's reserved for his servants. That means that I trust him. Whatever he says, I do. When he tells me to go this way, I go. You're not a real servant unless you trust God. 
Some of y'all saying you trust God, but you don't really trust him. Because when God told you to move, you set your behind right there. Some say, I'm not a servant. Yeah, that's not a servant of God. And despite what you believe, you can't be the Lord's servants until you first put your trust in God. This is why I know it might seem crazy. Pastor Key, how are you coming off of your job with no plan in place? Because I trust God. Don't call yourself a servant of God and you don't put your trust in him. That text and promise is only reserved, someone say, to his inherit, to his um, servants. Because you can't serve anybody that you don't believe in. But the good news is that when we believe, we inherit our refuge. I don't know about nobody else, but because I'm a servant, I believe God to protect my children. Because I'm a servant, I believe God to preserve me in the midst of evil. Because I'm a servant, I believe God that the enemy will not prevail against me. So I say, I believe God. Yeah, don't be declaring that if you ain't his servant. Because our ability to believe God, watch this, must precede our protection from God. God says, I'm going to give you that kind of protection. But no weapon formed against. And here's why this is so critical. Because I don't think y'all really understand what I'm trying to say. A servant trusts what God says. So what God really is trying to say many times, I'm trying to get you out of place of trouble if you move your behind. So I'm going to say right now. And because many times we don't trust God, we don't move when he says move, we leave ourselves in the place of trouble. God can't protect. He's telling you to take your behind over there. And because you did not trust God, you set yourself up right in the trap of the enemy. Does that make sense? Someone say, believe God. I know it don't look. And listen, my job could be paying me a whole good, good amount of money. But if I stay there, I find myself in the place of trouble. I don't know what God is trying to protect me from. And because I think I got a level of security in my job, I really have already set myself up for the enemy. Someone say, believe God. That means there is nothing the enemy can do to harm the believer. That puts its hope in him. God, wherever you tell me to go, I'll go. No amount of slander, no type of scheme, no trap that the enemy can set up will prevail against the one that believes. Watch this. Don't let nobody talk you out of believing God. Because they'll talk you right into a trap of the enemy. I know it might be your mama. I know it might be the pastor or the prophet, but don't let nobody talk you out of, somebody say, believe in God. If he spoke it, this is why I'm so careful even in counsel. I always try to tell folk that I never want to compete with the first voice in their life. If God ain't say this, what I'm saying, someone say, don't do it. And sometimes we put so much weight on people in our lives that we set ourselves up, somebody say, for a trap. Oh, I'm going to believe God, y'all. I'm going to believe God because there is safety for the believer that believes. I'm done, y'all. Watch this. We forsake too much what God has set aside for us when we fail to believe. All of this, somebody say, is necessary for the journey. So God says, I'm going to release everything that's necessary for your journey when you believe every relationship, every piece of protection, even when stuff in the natural looks like it's going crazy because I believe God, I'm protected. Somebody say, believe God. Uh, so, so he says, even your release is, comes when you believe God. 
Because the release of much of our inheritance is reserved for those that believe. Believing God is necessary for some blessings in God. Somebody say it's necessary. I don't want to live my life always second guessing God. And I don't know about nobody else. I don't want to lose out what's been laid up for me. Your mama lay up a million dollars for you. And all you got to do is this one thing when she passed to get it. And some people will lose out on inheritances. Ooh, someone say that's dangerous. So it's critical that we believe that when we put our hope, our trust, our confidence in God. Because at the place of belief is when God provides his inheritance to those that believe. Ooh, that's good news, y'all. It's important to know that this inheritance is vital and critical to our walk in God. If you want to walk in the fullness of all that God has called you to walk in, it's going to require that you believe. It's going to be critical for your walk. And somebody say, my mama can't get that to me. You can't hang on to your mama faith to get you where you need to get in God. It's not going to be your pastor. It's not going to be the preacher. Somebody say, it's going to be my faith. Yeah, it's going to be my faith that I've got to use to navigate this thing called life. And watch this, we receive our rescue when we believe. I want my soul to be saved. Somebody say, I need my soul to be saved. saved. And we need to live like our soul has been saved. That's the sad reality with a lot of Christians. We don't live like our soul has been rescued. We receive our release. And remember, we only receive our release to that which we've been given authority over. Y'all heard what I just said? Whom the sun sets free. It's free indeed. I know you got a lot of words and you deep in the Bible, but if God ain't give you authority, sit your behind. Somebody say down somewhere. The inheritance of our relationships, he'll give you new tongues. He'll give you the tongue of the learning. He'll allow you to navigate this thing called life that introduce you into relationships that people never thought you would have. And then we inherit our refuge when we believe. I believe God to protect me because I'm his servant. Therefore, it will cost us too much Not to put our confidence in God. But watch what our foundational text says. I think this is so critical. The Bible says this in the latter portion of our foundational text. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I need us to see the greater meaning in this text. I made mention of this, that our healing is made accessible when we hope in God. But it's important to note that this healing is not reserved for the natural alone. Some might say not the natural alone. The word sick in this foundational text, and if you don't believe me, get your own Greek lexicon. Did I put that on the screen? I didn't put it on the screen. But but this Greek word is ariostos, which means not strong, weak, or feeble. What am I trying to say? God says that whatever that has happened in life that has left you weak, not strong, better yet broken, you can recover when you believe. I think one of the greatest tragedies is that we say, I'll never cover or recover from this. That, 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 this will never happen for me because of X, Y, and Z. But someone say the devil is a lie. The Bible says that word sick means whatever is weak, feeble, or broken. Whatever has left you broken, God says that you can recover. But watch this. Someone say, I've got to believe. Many of us, like Pastor Cole said, have this generational thinking that has kept us in bondage, kept us broken, because we do not believe. Somebody say believe. I know it may not seem like you'll recover from that. That means the divorce. That means the death of that loved one. 
That means the deceit over your life. Somebody say, I can recover all. When God says, I want you to pursue, you're going to recover. Somebody say, all. But all that requires is that I believe. I don't know about nobody else. But I want to operate in this journey called life, believing that I can recover all. Nothing that has broken me, that has made me weak, God says, if I believe, I can recover all. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. Somebody say it's up to me. It's not the enemy. And the enemy wants you to believe that he has so much power over what's happening in your life. And God says, no, no, no. Someone say, I just got to believe. Father, we thank you. We honor you in this place. We honor you all for the ability to believe in you. And God, I thank you, God, that you help us. And matter of fact, I speak over everyone in this house that our souls be rescued. That's the greatest inheritance, God, that our souls might be rescued by you. And God, help us to live like our souls have been rescued. I need to remind somebody that the reason that they might lose out on some stuff is because of how they live. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 reminds us that if we live like the world, we're going to receive the inheritance of the world and that's to be condemned. Help us not lose out, God, because we live in raggedy. We're talking about our neighbors. We're living in gossip. We're living in deceit. We're being adulterers and fornicators, God. We're being liars. And we're losing out on our inheritance. God, let us live holy like our soul has been rescued. And God, I pray, God, for our release. Speak to us, God. There's some stuff, God, that many of us are still struggling with, and we're waiting on you to speak. Speak, God. Give us authority. Give us authority over every addiction. Give us authority over every abuse, God. Give us authority, God, over every attack over our lives, God. Give us authority. Whom the Son says free is free indeed. We want to be free today, God. Give us our release. So, God, speak to your people, God. Give them the authority. And matter of fact, God, it might be that you're trying to connect them with a relationship that has the authority to set them free. So, God, give us new tongues. God, let us step out on faith in areas where we did not think we could go. Connect us with the right relationships. God, that business that you spoke of our life, it requires a relationship. That ministry, God, is going to require a relationship, God. The, the, the one that we need to reconcile is going to cause us to speak with new tongues. Help us, God, in prayer. We want to be an example of you. You said that all things will be reconciled unto you. So, God, there is no relationship that is broken that you can't reconcile. So give us new relationships. When we believe that you can do it, we know our daddy was no good, but we believe. We know that friend slandered our name, God, but we believe that you can do exactly what you said you could do. Now give us our refuge, God. We're your servants. Where you tell us to go, God will go. What you tell us to say, God will say. Let us move and not be sluggish. But let us move with urgency, God. We might be setting up our own trap for ourselves. Because we're not, we're not your servants. But God, we pray, God, for our refuge. Protection of our children. Preserving us against the enemy. And God, we believe you to do We believe. And God, whatever is broken in the lives of your people, God, we can 
recover from it. God, whatever area, God, is weak, God, is feeble, cause us to believe. God, we need your strength on today. It don't look like what we need it to look like in the natural, but because we believe, we can recover all. And for that, we say thank you. And every believer that believes, that you better believe, that you're going to live like you believe, that you're going to live like a servant of God. Somebody say, thank God. And somebody say, I believe. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There may be somebody here this morning who says, my soul has not been rescued. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up. I want to be rescued. I want my soul to be rescued. I want to be saved. I didn't know I would miss out on all of this. I thought it was just about coming to church and being a good person in the earth, but now your soul has to be rescued. You want to be rescued this morning. God says that you can be rescued if you believe. There may be somebody watching who says, I want to believe. That's you. Put your name. Put, send us a message on Facebook. We'll reach out to you. We'll connect with you. We want your soul to be rescued. Hallelujah. Secondly, there may be somebody who's saying, I want to be a member of this church. I want to be connected in covenant. I need a new relationship. I've been around the wrong folk. I've been in the wrong church. God is sending me somewhere else, but I'm too scared to make these new relationships. That's you. I want you to slip up your hand watching online, you can send us a message as well. The greatest thing that we can negate in our lives is all that God has set, set aside for us when we don't believe. Don't be sluggish in your belief, but trust God. Hallelujah. If you got anything out of the word today, somebody give God a hand. Any questions about the text, y'all? Most of y'all got my number. Come, come, holla at your pastor. Cause I know I dig. I, I wanted to dig deep today, so it wasn't y'all. I don't need nobody picking up snakes and doing all of that. God is trying to do something. I say something else.